We are rolling. Da, 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 da. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, Mass Movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Mass Movement presents. Mass Movement presents. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Mass Movement Presents. My name's Chris. Joining me as always is Tim. How are you, Tim? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I see you caught an invited dance leg. Yes. Your twitchy leg. <laughs> I've always got a twitchy leg. I would say you have Parkinson's disease for a long amateur attempt. <gasps> Can't say that. I'd pour all this into one class. Well, not bad. Today we'll be talking about, uh, amongst other things, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, the finale of that. Uh, without remorse, the uh, movie, Tom Clancy Tom, movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be looking at Death Race 2000, that'll be our classic movie we're looking at. Boobs and, and guns and cars. And we'll be deep diving suicidal tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's time to talk beer. It's time to talk beer. Yeah, let's talk beer. So what we got today? We are talking Hepworth from Yorkshire. Charger IPA. Charger IPA. They started canning Thank you very much, some sir. of their beer. Okay. And two beers have started canning. Ah, oh, Charger IPA, and Crazy Horses, woo, <laughs> So, they sent some samples. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> They're mostly gone. <laughs> I think you described it best when you said it's like a, a working man's... Yes, yeah, like it's like a Yorkshire bit of a Yeah, yeah. Giving, giving a turbo charge. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good description. Yes, that's, well, that's, I, I guess that's why it's called Charger IPA, because it is charged to the max. Yeah, yeah. Charge to the max. So were you familiar with these before? No, before? absolutely not. Okay. This is um, my first uh, introduction to them. But... Uh, they're just like a, a small family-owned brewery of New Yorkshire. Because they started canning and stuff, they can get it out. Yeah, yeah, So you yeah. can order it from, the, from their website, from Hepworth. So okay. It's like a proper se- summer session beer. You can just sit in the back garden and drink this and be like, hey, hey, up, lad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, up, lad. <laughs> if I could do a New Yorkshire accent, that sounds really patronising. Yeah. Fucking drinking me beer. <laughs> Which is, my, which is my proper fucking accent anyway. Yeah, probably Liverpool in South Wales. Yeah. Trying to do a Yorkshire accent. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> in between all that kind of stuff. Bastardisation of the high order. <laughs> well, no, it's good. It's really, really good. I'm really impressed with Charger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are beautiful. Should we open the other one as well? Try the crazy horse? Well, do you not want to finish your beer first? Well, so okay. you're going to mix your beers. You're going to mix your beers. Yeah, let's mix them. Big <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So as far as I know, they're just they're family, York, family brewers in Yorkshire. You get back to Disney soon, don't worry. Oh, I know it, mate. And I shall bathe in the sunshine and not be a miserable twat for two weeks. <laughs> and for however long it lasts afterwards. We were just talking off air about our future mass movements, weren't we? Mass movement 200, where yeah. Tim walked off into the woods naked. Yeah, taking all the clothes off and going <laughs> back to nature. I know, he, could, he went to Tennessee. <laughs> and he never came back. Yeah. So what Chris is talking about is, is my, my dream is to just disappear. Yeah. Um... Like when people say, 
I got her a telegram. I don't want any of that shit. I just want to disappear <laughs> into, into like a small cabin somewhere and like book two or three weeks a year in Disney. And that's the only time I rejoin civilization apart from trips to the shops. Yeah, yeah. And I figure by the time I get to do that, yeah, right, I'll have earned the fact I don't have to be around people. All I have to be around is a couple of dogs <laughs> and a shed load of books with coffee, beer, and bourbon. You know, coffee, beer, bourbon. I'm not even bothered if I have some music over with me. <laughs> you know, I, I quite like I quite like my own company because I just sit there with everyone else. Right? <laughs> yeah. You can, can't you? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get used to your own company, you just think, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy with my own company. Yeah. I could piss off, right? I mean, you know, I miss the family after a while. Yeah, I guess I just miss them after a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like. And then I just go. And then I remember. I'd be like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I get too lazy, you know, too lonely, you just whip your cats down and that comes the right wrist line. <laughs> Sit there down for a bit. Do you move on to Crazy Horse? You want Jenny Akita. What? Sorry. Crazy, yeah. crazy Horse. <laughs> woo! Woo! <laughs> da, 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 da. See, I always, I thought that's one of the heaviest songs ever written. Kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. As our riff is crushing. It is, yeah. Yeah. I like Osmond's dance yeah. swing from side to side and I get that their, their, their movement is helped by their flares yeah yeah because they weigh so much and they pull them yeah they pull them they swish from side to side yeah like yeah flary swish and I wish I could do it sorry mate that's a horrible pull that's alright look at the head I'll give you there boom boom I'll be by both ears until you swallow it so this one is Crazy Horse. Wow, da, 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 da. So this is uh, an American uh, paleo. It's American paleo. It's like mm. a, oh, you know what this is like? It's got sort of follow that same thing. But there was a, like a bass. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Really like sort of bass. Yeah. Beer. Be lined up against the bar and you see your dad drinking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's a posh pub. Yeah. In the summer. Because you walk up like, because there's nothing in Portugal. There's a posh place called Nottage, right? That's posh, is it? Not it, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's like money bags galore, like. You know? Okay. Big ball billion, all his freaking <laughs> expensive things. So you got the farmers on Saturday, which was considered posh. Yeah. Bear in mind, I haven't heard the words. You know what I mean? Yeah. The seagull was posh to me down there, like a 70 <laughs> standardized pub. So the, I remember the farmers because they had a kiss pinball machine. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I still hate, I hate kiss then. I hate kiss now. Like, you like pinball? I like pinball, but I don't like kiss. Like, I'd rather not, I would rather not play pinball than play a pin, kiss pinball machine. <laughs> and you, you, backs used to be on tap there all the time. Huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. And just associate the smell. Yeah, of totally. This yeah, that time, like yeah. The summer things. They, they, these are a classic summer brewery. Yeah, yeah, they've, nailed, they've nailed a specific sort of uh, taste and smell. Yeah. They? It's just perfect. Mm, it's really nice. If you want to sit in your drive and get hammered in your underpants in summer, I would recommend these guys. No problem. <laughs> in your underpants. Well, what else do you want to sit in your garden? You're not going to bother with your clothes, are you? I love all that's like a like a thing for you. That's part of the thing. It's not a pool or like you know one of the kids. It's like mate. No. Right. When I was growing books, up, underpants, boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, there's, there's no pool because when I was like, a teenager. Mm. My folks asked, was stripped on certain things. So when I learned to swim, so I learned to swim, like, they put me in the swimming classes. So by the time I was 16, yeah, I qualified as a lifeguard. Okay, right? yeah. So, I, you know, if you found the water or stuff, 
and I saw it on, I could theoretically save you. If I wanted to. Theoretically. Yeah. Like, I'm more likely to step on your fucking head. <laughs> so yeah, I was a qualified lifeguard by the time I was 16. Qualified marksman by the time I was 17. Because all I was supposed to ever do was go in the army. That's all I was ever useful for. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're like Rambo. <laughs> not, not that good, mate. <laughs> Low rep Rambo. No, yeah. but that's all you're, all you're good for. <laughs> yeah, well, that's basically it. I can't function in normal society. <laughs> not at all. Like, I'm in charge of million dollar equipment. Well, uh, yeah. here. I can't even get a job. What the hell is gas! Well, I, I can still strip down any, basically any rifle you put in front of me and rebuild it, no problem at all. You're a dangerous person, then. No, I'm just a cut, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, come on in. Final verdict then on. Hepworth? Yeah, Hepworth Brewery. Get online and order the beer. Yeah. It's that simple. It's really, really good. Crazy horse charger. I'm going to have to look at the rest of the range and see where else they go. I'm sure these are the only two they're canning at the moment. This is the one that's canning. These are the only two they're canning. Oh, wow, okay. And the thing is, it's, to me, it's a, the beer's more simplistic. Yeah. They're not going for like arty, farty, over the top taste, which I do, you know, appreciate as well. Yeah, yeah. When I sit down of an evening with my plastic bubble pipe in my dressing gown <laughs> and you know, pretend to wax my moustache. Yeah, yeah. Business. I like that. Yeah. But I also think there's a time and place for this. And this time the time and place for this is right now in summer. So just if you've got any sense at all, you're online and you're ordering Hepworth. You just bang in your cart in and they're set, sending you 12 cans, six of each. Job done. Then you get it wanking and, you know, shouting abuse to your neighbours. <laughs> I'm not playing with yourself in front of you. Hi, this is Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse and you're listening to Mass Movements Presents. Someone will get wanked. Mm-hmm. Do you remember back in the day I always remember back in the day. Back in I the cry, day. I cry when I think about modern life. It's a shit. <laughs> Whatever happens to the, the phenomenon? The phenomenon. The phenomenon. Phenomenon. That's one beer down. <laughs> Whatever happens to the phenomenon of the porn mag in the hedge? See, that's a very good question. Yeah. Because we grew up with porn mags in the hedges, porn mags in the woods, yeah. porn mags left in like farms or porn mags left somewhere. Yeah, totally. The generational thing was passed down from one generation to the next. Here, lad, have these some porn mags, like, you know? <laughs> Get your education. We can pick on jokes people. Yeah, yeah, no, we can. No, we're probably going to. But, you know, like, readers wise, and you, you know, oh Sandra, Lord. 37, was photographed by Dennis, 39. <laughs> oh, yeah. You oh, know. my God. Well, what was the classic? It was Esther, Nave. Oh, no, no, no. So, so you, I never got, right, how Escort was lower end than Fiesta, because I thought, well, how does that go with the car name? Escort, yeah, Escort's yeah. a better car than a Fiesta. But Escort was like a really low rent magazine. It was only one step above Razzle. <laughs> Razzle. <laughs> oh my God. We've gone out and hired some prozzies for a couple of hours and we're going photo- to photoshop them into our fucking pictures that you can have all yeah, yeah. And look, my God, look at our redesign. It's the grimmest thing you've ever seen. What, think, what kind of perverse red rascal? You know, they, I oh. think it'll be a certain age to appreciate this, though, because it's not something that happens anymore. I no, because are you porn and porn have and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all on, online now, isn't yeah, it? Well, I, refuse to, I refuse to participate. You still look at pages. Mate, there was, a, there was a whole widespread thing three months ago made, made the news, like, you porn and porn have mm. um, wiped out all sorts of illicit material. So unless you had a proven account of they took millions of videos offline, right? Really? So that's all the 70s stuff gone. No. All the 80s stuff gone. So it's just like, oh, oh fuck no. you. Well, I'm it's not left you with nothing. It's left me in a pornographic limbo. <laughs> I'm not 
That's you're there with a gun. I'm tinkering there with the V8, right? Trying to get the C10 to start. Stood there in my best underpants, and she just leaves. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a shit story. That is you. Clean it up, your game mate. <laughs> Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death, and through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. Tim, I hate to burst this blah, but we really got to go on to something more wholesome now. Do we? Yeah. Go on, then. Go on then. let's talk. <laughs> I can't believe we've gone from this <laughs> to like the Disney Channel, the Disney Plus. Oh, I don't know. You know, stars on there now. That's really Yeah, bad. yeah. There's some racist stuff. Some racist stuff. Anyway. Boobs. Boobs. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Finally, season one came to an end. And did you enjoy? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Anything I thought could have improved it? Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. at all. You would have pitch perfect. It's, perfect. it's yeah. like the best Marvel film. Yeah. Spread out over six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. And you know, just to see Sam from Captain America, like, oh, Captain, my Captain. Yeah. Right there. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Because you're, you're a big Captain fan, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also a big fan of Falcon. Yeah. And I just love the fact that Sam Wilson as a captain embodies everything that Captain America should be, and to yeah. see him have that vindication to see him make that move and become Captain America on screen and wear that uniform and have that position and be acknowledged as Captain America. That's just like, yeah, fuck you, Whitey. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Death to Whitey. I loved, um, I forgot his name, it was Kurt Russell's son who portrayed the... Uh, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell, yeah. yeah was he was really good, he was. I he was agent. Yeah, I like his character. Very good. But, I mean, the, the series as a whole was just brilliant. But it's going to lead to Captain America 4, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Apparently, all of them choose to make Captain four? America. Four? Three? Or four? Jesus Christ, have we had three Captain America movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Captain America, First yeah. Avenger, Winter Soldier, yeah. and, then and Civil War. Civil War, yeah. yeah. So lead Captain America 4 directly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> whether they'll choose to do that as a series afterwards, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'd like them to. I think I might prefer them to do it as a series rather than... Well, if they're going to carry on like this, then yeah. Yes, I mean, well, we see the trailer for Loki. Yeah, that was good. And who isn't hard for Loki right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's an awesome character, Loki. You know? but that's going to be another hit for him, I think. They're just, they're just not very hard every time with them all, don't they, Marvel? Well, this thing is that. Um, so, have you seen the latest news today? No. Okay, so, Black Widow is going online to be well, premier viewing in July. Right, okay. On Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. On July 30th. Guess what's also going to probably view on Disney Plus? Go on. Jungle fucking <gasps> Jungle Cruise! Yeah, yeah. On July 30th. Dwayne. It's my birthday on August 2nd. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get paid for July on the last working day of July, which is July 30th. Yeah. So that day, I am paying for Black Widow and Jungle Cruise, and I'm watching both those bastards on my birthday, or as close to my birthday as I possibly can. Nice. That's going to be like my birthday treat to myself, along with a bottle of bourbon and an extra big box of Kleenex so I can cry even more. <laughs> I'm a Dwayne denier, but you know. Why are you a Dwayne denier? Oh, we've talked about this before, haven't we? I'm, I don't know, I just started off with Scorpion King and I never recovered. Right. I was like, you're going to have to explain this again because I've so so forgotten. So I saw, I saw Scorpion King with, you know, The Rock was in it and I was like, oh, this is awful. And he's just like, the new Hulk Hogan, like, you know, another wrestler going into movies. Did we see the same fucking film? <laughs> I just didn't enjoy it. I just Are you talking it. about his, like, portrayal of the Scorpion King in The Mummy 2 or the actual film The Scorpion King? Uh, both. Uh, yeah, so it's The Mummy 2. 
Conan. You so you've seen the you've seen like Arnie playing Conan, and now you're giving Dwayne shit for being. <laughs> <a song. laughs> yeah, right. And I just never recovered from that. It was um, cocaine is a hell of a drug. But you need to stop <laughs> doing that shit before you go to the cinema. I just never watched Dwayne in um, in any movie. I made you are so missing out. So no, I missed. I it. won't do the Fast and the Furious because I just think that's preposterous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel can't play like that. Fuck Vin Diesel. Fuck Vin Diesel. I mean, you know, Vin Diesel's the kind of cool place to do, but fuck Vin Diesel, fuck those cars. <laughs> those cars belong to me. <laughs> that's where Ring comes down to. Yeah, yeah, it's just jealousy. I, that's fuck cars! <laughs> you know, no, but a Jungle Cruise, I, I do fancy, I really do. And um, Jumanji, I saw a bit of. Right. And I enjoyed Jumanji's track. great. Yeah. I haven't seen the sequel. No. But I'm, I'm looking forward to Jungle Cruise, just because one of my go-to rides every time we go to Jungle mm, Yeah, yeah. Just because it's one of the, the original attractions is one of the last things that Mark did, you know, one of the things Mark Davis designed because he did all the animals. I mean, I know it's been updated. Yeah. And rightly so. Um, but it's just, there's something similar about the Jungle Cruise and the reputation the captains mm. have got because, you know, every time you get in the boat, they're all trying not to do each other with terrible puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like a pun fest as you go around. <laughs> you, you know what, everything's going to happen, but you know it's going to be different every single time because according to the captain you get, the ride's going to change. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and the Jungle Cruise is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Just to sit down. I've been sweltering my bollocks off in the heat <laughs> for the last few 90 minutes because I didn't bother fast passing. So now I'm just going to chill. Well, that's, um, that's, I mean, you know, the whole Disney thing, that's, that's half the attraction of it. Like, you know, it's, um, it's not doing, it's, you know, it's Jungle Cruise for me. That's, yeah, that's, I'm not watching the film specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Or specifically because Jack Whitehall's in it, which he is. Jack Whitehall's in it. Jack Whitehall's in it. Yes, he is. Yes, I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm watching it because it's the Jungle Cruise. Same yeah. reason I'd watch a film based on the Matterhorn bobsleds or, or the Tiki Roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, or, yeah. or Pirates of the Caribbean. One of the original attractions, one of the things that yeah. really put Disney on the map. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mr. Toad's Wild Rides, something like that. Something, one of the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those first. It's the same reason I still watch the Haunted Mansion film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not a great Eddie Murphy film. I know that. I'm not dull. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So the Jungle Cruise film, it's either be brilliant or it's going to be shit. Yeah. But to me, it will be brilliant. We're going to talk to this person on the Jungle Cruise because of the memories and association I have with that ride. Yeah, yeah. And how much I love it. That attraction, I love it. Take that back and shoot me in the back there. But that's why it's going to be brilliant. Cool. Well, let's have a track, shall we? Okay, who are we playing the track by? We love these guys. Um, I've put them on in Carly, the migraines. Have you? Yeah, they're on um, Senior Would Not Die. Oh, that one actually uh, flogged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like nine and thousand tracks of the best <laughs> punk. And in the UK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's why we're flogging it. It's so bloody good. Um, this is called What We <laughs> Do <laughs> Is Still <laughs> a Secret. This damage will do unspeakable things to Christopher if he doesn't. And, yeah. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd be looking forward to that. I'd be like, oh, well, I might take a chance. This is my dreams. What We Do Is Still a Secret.
always the migraines with what we still what we do is still a secret because they love the germs <laughs> I think they can get away with it but we're old too so we remember the germs but we don't really remember them because Darby Crash died Totally. So when you're going on holiday, you're looking around, you panic, you say, I'm back, and you go to 
because you're a dildo. And you're yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I grew up in I could just buy some books that I might enjoy rather than being forced to buy some shit at the airport. Yeah. Right? People always do this. I go to the best of town for Cardiff and uh, I got a book on me. <laughs> so it's like, I go, but I got usually got a book on me. Yeah, because you, you want to use your time wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People from, oh, I'm in the airport, got to buy a book down round. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you think, like, oh, Sam Brown, tell me about history because they'll go, oh, <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. Conspiracy theory, too yeah. much bad. Yeah. And it's not that fucking simple. No. You know? Dan Brown writes simplistic shit for simplistic people. Yeah. I'm sorry, but he just does. He does. No, no, I totally agree. But it was what I needed to sort of spur me on to better stuff then. Right, to push you back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed something simple and to the point and. You know, mildly interesting, which it was, which they were. They yeah, just, no, the, the, stories are, the stories are quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. They are. Nice little twist on, like, you know. The, the research is piss poor. Yeah. The old Jesus saga. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Not him again. <laughs> <laughs> old nails. <laughs> doing the rounds again. Okay. Old holy hands. Yeah. Look at him. Don't play marbles with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really simplistic. Oh, oh, that's my master problem I have with that. Okay. But you don't but get that with Tom Clancy. Tom but I, don't Clancy's Tom Clancy. yeah. I just don't like some of the jingoism. Okay. For his writing. For his writing, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's on par with Clive Custler. Clive Custler was a great writer. Yeah, Custler, man. But Custler's pro- my problem with Clive Custler started around Sahara. Right. When he started inserting himself as a character into his novels. Because <laughs> yeah. he just like, Eagle's how gonna be then. Yeah. arrogant must you be, right? I think, I know what this book needs. Yeah. Me. <laughs> He's like the Vince Man of, of writing. I, uh, <laughs> but I have this perfect character called Dirk Pay. What do I need to push a, a little bit extra? I know, I know what it needs. It needs me. Everything <laughs> is true versus me. An old man who wears sandals. Me. <laughs> Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual you also checked out and uh, i've yet to check out is uh jupiter's legacy jupiter's legacy yeah, yeah. which is on uh, netflix on netflix it's, it's, on it's their first it's their first miller world production yeah yeah um i've attended with mark miller a couple of times yeah i've always found mark miller to be a joy to speak to okay because he is it's like a quote it's like a quote fest is he really yeah he will just tell you it exactly as it is he won't bullshit with you if he's got something coming up he can just go yeah, this is what I have coming up. He won't be like, ah, well, you see, your NGA. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I want you to buy my books. This is what I've got coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so you're a fan of the book? I'm a fan of the book. I'm a fan of the How Mark you? Miller. And I'm a fan of the theory. So did it cross over well? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the idea about how you should use power if you're a superhero. Yeah. Um, and how your relative position to the rest of humanity should drive you is mm-hmm. an underlying theme of the series. Okay. It's handled really, really well. Um, performances are fantastic. It's a little bit slow going in places if you're used to like the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sort of CW shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's more character driven, more involved and the story's more complex. I can deal with that as long as it's going somewhere. You know, oh, it's going yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's worth watching it mm. for the final 10 minutes. Okay. Because the final 10 minutes Fuck up your world and upend the thing. So is it like a is the whole series on Netflix at the moment? They yeah, the yeah they, drop, they drop the whole thing at once. Okay, so cool. I just binge it all in like a day and a half. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the kind of thing I do. Yeah. I kind of wish uh, Disney would do that sometimes. Just like, they, they do, they do, they do the old-fashioned tease, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the 
<laughs> not like the Ponderosa stuff, please. On a yeah. Saturday morning, Canelli waits over a pint and a pint of fire, and he's going in his, like a, uh, here we go. <laughs> it's like a slow sort of yeah. Parisian strip tease where the art was perfected. It's like we're going to reveal a little bit of time to keep you coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know. That's a hell of a way to describe it. Hmm. <laughs> so that's Jupiter's Legacy. That's Jupiter's Legacy. You definitely want to check Buy the it book. Out. Check that. Buy the books. Because it's like it's, they're a series of graphic novels now. And I'm pretty sure Panini are releasing them as library editions so you'll get to pick them up and read them. Cool. And then go check it out on Netflix. Indeed. Some of the tracks read. We shall. Which we shall. Well, this is from Sick Pig. It's from an album we haven't featured in, uh, before. It's called The Senior Would Not Die. Not that. Wow, I've never even heard of this before. <laughs> wow, I've never heard of that. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, you know. Engineer Records. <laughs> Damn it, those being balls. You're fine in This is Sick Pig with Diana. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Okay, that was Sick Pig with DNR from the scene that would not die. Get the book. <laughs> Get the book. Get the, Get the CD. Please, brother. Um, we like to deep dive every now and again. Uh, a classic movie. I mean, every now and again, meaning like every episode. Every episode. <laughs> You're going to get it whether you like it or not. <laughs> Uh, this week we've gone for Death Race 2000. 1975, Roger Corman classic. Yeah, so it starred David Carradine and uh, Young Stallone. And Martin Cove. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Mr. Cove by himself. So, when did you last revisit Death Race 2000? Two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. It's actually, it's because it's on YouTube, you can watch the whole film. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about being on a stream or anything like that. I don't know if it's because it's past the public access or, or the copyright expired. Yeah. Um, but it's there, it's on YouTube. You just click on wow, and watch okay. it. You know? And there's like all those lurid video nasties from the 80s that we used to go to the video shop and see 
That cut was brilliant. Yes, yeah, it totally is. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. I'm going all Gene Wilder. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was one of those ones you were drawn to. Yeah. One of those big covers. When you looked, you know, back in the day, you'd go to a video shop, you had X amount of money for a video, and you you weren't that well informed, there was no internet, so it was, what cover jumped out with me? And this was one of them. Yeah, it's just the David Carradine, Justin Frankenstein. Yeah. Completely in black and a cast on it in blood and gore with death. Raised 2000. Yeah. What's not to like? Yeah. And future. And cars. Yeah. This was the future when we were little. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> when I watched it again, I enjoyed the film. Yeah. So there are lots of things to enjoy about it. There's yeah. boobs. There's cars. There is boobs. And there's lots of blood. Yeah. Bad Roger Corman blood, i.e., red paint being flung everywhere. But. <laughs> blood in the there's a terrible fight scene in the garage between David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And yes, right, David Carradine's coming off Kung Fu, so he's a, a, a basic gradient in martial arts. But you know Sly could kick the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> this is young pre-Rocky Sly as well, yes, isn't it? pre-Rocky Sly. Yeah, yeah. So still making his, still doing dodgy Italian porn I'm movies. Not, <laughs> I think the reason he did this was to get more movie connections and sort of push Rocky forward, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which was a good career move. It was, totally. And, and Martin Cove was in it for like 20 minutes before he gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just nice to see him playing like off type. Yeah. And not being a dick. Yeah. Because in the Karate Kid series and Rambo, he's basically yeah. the same sort of guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He's exactly <laughs> the same. And he's nothing like that. Yeah, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's just nice to see his range. And yeah, his yeah. Um, the film's great. It still stands up. Yeah. The titles, though, on the credits are just dreadful. <laughs> it, those weren't given as much thought back no, it was, no, it was no, afterthought but, but an 8 year old could have done better credits <laughs> they're really bad they look like they're drawn in crayon they're really really dreadful did you ever read the book apparently it's based on a short story no, no, no I, I never knew that I just, uh... but it's, it's so pressing because of the way it handles like, America has collapsed and it's all about economic collapse and yeah. digitation and that's what the press release says they distract Proles from the you know, misery and suffering where in the future America set up as a country dedicated to the needs of the few and fuck the many. Yeah, yeah. So you give the proles something to, to, to look at and to enjoy, which is the death race. Yeah, yeah. you know, distract them distract from them, suffering yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty um, much what goes on now. Yeah. <laughs> look over here, not over um, here. Well, it's not, it's not like what's happening in the States, what's, what's happening here with Bojo. It's like, I've yeah. got a secret marriage to my X number of wives. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, we've taken all your money and spent it all on Tory shit. <laughs> I don't want to get political because I'm not a political yeah. guy, but you know. Did you ever see the, um, there was a remake, wasn't there? Statham. Yeah, Statham. Yeah. Do you love Statham, don't you? I do love Statham, yeah. <laughs> Statham, like. You make that sound like it's really seedy and dirty. Like, <laughs> I have pictures of Jason Statham hidden in the toilet. <laughs> what was the first time you saw Statham? You thought, yeah, he's cool. Lock, stock, two smoking barrels. Yeah? He's yeah. baking it, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's, he's flogging moody goods on the porn and they're freaking legging it. And See, I didn't think that would be up your street, that sort of movie. Lots of, I love, I love yeah. those kind of cable films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm, I am a big guy, Richie fan, which is why. Um, love Snatch? Love Snatch. The Gentleman. Have you seen The Gentleman yet? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, That's so, on there. That's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on um, Amazon Prime. Uh, Prime, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So fucking good. But not for the reasons you think it's going to be. Like, um, what's his face from Four Weddings and Funeral, the posh fat? Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Best thing yet. Really? Yeah, he's brilliant. 
He's played out of out of type as well. Completely out, completely out of character. Amazing. Completely out of type. Um, and there's dude from Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, I know. Um, and Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is also great. Yeah, he's great. He's yeah. just a, well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he'll always be to me, Mister Days to Confuse. Yeah. Just because he's driving, because he's driving like a, a '69 Camaro and that. Okay. And this thing's like, <laughs> I know I'm bad at. <laughs> Your haircut shit. I'd run. I'd you. That, that's like the worst hair ever. I would rather be bald, which I am. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm bald, but I'd rather be bald yeah. than have that hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no wig could ever make me look that right. <laughs> okay, yeah, so go check out uh, Death Race 2000 if you have already. Just, just go yeah. to YouTube, Death Race 2000. It's get, free. Get, get, a, get a massive slice of 70s shite. It just it yeah. make your life all that much better. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Or worse. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are listening to the Mass Little Bit Podcast. So blast it! Um, friend of the podcast is Nate Keenan. Yeah, yeah. Nate, and, Nate uh, he's come up with his own D and D module. He has his own module, which is called Judas Halo. Judas Halo, okay. and you can get it from uh, Hardly Fall, um, Big Cartel. So Hardly Fall, Big Cartel. Type it in. Yeah, and saw the Judas Halo. He's doing a package moment with 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 a t shirt and the. And the Wow, okay. I don't actually know how many spell left, but if you can get it, fucking get it. Have you had a chance to uh, play it yet? Or yeah. It? Yeah. Good. Well, well, I've read through it. Sort of, I've back-engineered it. Okay. Because um, it's designed for 5 Right. So I've back-engineered and reverse-engineered for 1E. Okay, cool. Because that's kind of what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck 5 <laughs> This is a labour of love for him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a good adventure. Yeah. It's really well written, really well thought out. It'll make you laugh. Yeah. Some of the stuff in there is ridiculous, <laughs> but it's ridiculous in a sort of in joke D and D way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get the jokes, you'll piss your pants laughing. Yeah, if you've yeah. been playing for a while, you'll know where Nate's coming from. Okay, it's really, really, really good. I mean, when I first met Nate, he was like, "Yeah, he's hard as fuck, but he's also geeky as fuck." Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't usually go hand in hand. No, <laughs> no. Nate, like, Nate's like um, a, a contrarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's one of the sweetest blokes. Oh, totally, yeah. Right. Right. yeah. There are very few people you'll meet in life who you get on a fundamental level, who yeah. get you on a fundamental level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate's one of those Nate's people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can happily hide up the data, just hating the world. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah, so many uh, nicknames. Nate Hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Kanan. He's always got me Nate Kanan to me. Yeah, Nate Kanan. Always yeah. got me Nate Kanan. Yeah. But it's, it's weird because I talk about it. We all get that sort of nickname because of what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, Welly Arco. Yeah. Right? In mass movement. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Monk, we just become the thing we do. Yeah. Nate Kane. Yeah, yeah. Think of the other ones like, was, uh, like Nicky Nupplehurst. Yeah, yeah. And you just appear Nupplehurst. Yeah. Oh, my, or Pierre Rocks. Mark Freebase. Yeah, Mark Freebase. Huh? <laughs> and it makes it sound, well, more about Mark Freebase in a bit because it makes it sound like a terrible drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark Freebase, yeah. Why is Mark Freebase called Freebase? Well... We'll talk about Mark when we talk about him. That's a good one. That was a good one. But yeah, it's a great It's a great module. It reminds me a lot of the old TSR sort of late 70s, early 80s modules, specifically the competition ones that did. Yeah, yeah. And he's put his heart and soul into it. I think if you don't buy it, you're fucking doing yourself a disservice. If you play d and you don't play the Judas Halo, you are doing yourself a disservice, literally. Cool. Well, we can go ask, so that's the, the cartel. The yeah, big, uh, big cartel. Hardly for big cartel. Hardly for yeah, big cartel. 
Because it's just, yeah. It's, it's like, the old, it reminds me, like I said, the old TSR modules, the old White Dwarf Adventures. Yeah, Dwarf yeah, yeah. Started shilling Warhammer for Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah. inclusive and used to, used to be great, but now it's just a big bag of shite. Bag of shite. Bag of shite. Fuck White Dwarf. <laughs> Fucking idiot, stupid ass. <laughs> and on that note, we'll go to another track. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, this is from an album called The Scene That Wouldn't Have Died. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Straight hot off the uh, hot of the press. I've never heard this record before in my life. Fuck me, governor. No, no, never. <laughs> you may think we're pimping it out, but we were... Well, we are. <laughs> yeah. We are. We are shilling this to <laughs> But genuinely, it's such an awesome compilation. Yeah. It's uh, some of the best UK hardcore punk for the last 20 years. Anyway, this is uh, Not Since the Accident with Brothers. Roger from Agnostic Front, you're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Okay, cool. That was uh, Not Since the Accident with Brothers. Dun, 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 dun. It's time to deep Busy dive. Parents. Deep dive, deep dive. <laughs> Suicidal tendency. How did, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, where, where do we even begin with suicidal tendencies? I mean, such an awesome band consistently up till about the mid 90s. No. No? no. Early 90s? Up until 1990. Okay. 1991. Right, okay. Well, Howl and Laugh, I think, is the best. Well, that's, that's a great record they did. That 80s body of work is... Oh, it's just... Oh, yeah. It's no. hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they started off as an out-and-out sort of punk band, brought in sort of thrash elements, crossover. Well, the thing is, because they sort of came in that burgeoning wave of that, like, hardcore, like, nice Yeah. Suicidal Tents had the worst reputation in Los Angeles. 
yeah, yeah. violence. Yeah. There's like yeah, the suicide psychos and the whole gangs used to follow them around and fight at shows and stuff. They couldn't get booked, could they? Could they? No. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think they may have played that up, up to that a little bit. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you get that kind of reputation. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't hurt you. No, no, not, not, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you've got the songs to back up with Suicide on Half. Yeah. They were just anthemic and, like, you know, there was, like, ones to get the crowd going. There was ones to get the crowd chanting. That first Suicide on that's yeah, one of the greatest hardcore songs of all time, I think. Which is? Well, Fall in Love Today. Yeah. Because that is just like, that's like, uh, that's mindset. That is mindset fucking hardcore. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the lyrics is what you're like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially when you've had your heart broken. Like that. You just like, ah, fuck <laughs> And so the current lineup is Mark Muir, obviously, Dean Pleasant. Uh, Rad Diaz and Dave Rombardo is in the current lineup, which is insane. Yeah, I haven't seen that lineup yet, but I really want to. See, I don't know if I do. I just, oh, Dave, like, you know, drumming some of those, and he can just go fast, like, you know. Yeah, just, but you see what he's playing. He was to Dave Rombardo's playing with, like, uh, that. He's playing Misfits as well, isn't he? Mike Patton Band, yeah, the Misfits. And yeah, Suicide, yeah. You know? Of all those bands, I'd rather see him play with Suicide than any others. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. I've seen, yeah, seen Suicide a few times. Um, yeah, and have you ever seen the end of a Suicide show? Because they never end. It's just sort of like a big stage invasion. Yeah, and, and they just sort of disappear. Yeah. No, like, what's that yeah. Suicide do? They just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody gets on stage, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always end like institutionalised or some shit like that. Yeah. Like running gum nuts, and then they just. No more Pepsi's for Mike, no, no. <laughs> you got a story about Mike, haven't you? Mike Muir. Yeah. yeah. Mike Muir. Mike Muir, Mark Freebase. Mike Muir, Mark Freebase. Go on then. Uh, Decon? Do you know who it was? What? Deconstruction. Deconstruction. Right, yeah, yeah. East Pack. East Pack, yeah. yeah. Was that with a friend as well, though? No. Biohazard no. as well? Oh, that's, this is a different one to Biohazard, because Biohazard headlined it, um, an East Pack show. Right. And they are up from the best live show. See yeah, okay. any band do. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just intense beyond belief. Well, I was a killer live. Um, Every time. But the suicide, suicidal headlining and the We Can't Repeat, and there was me, Mike, and I'm pretty sure Mike was in the car. Yeah. And we promised Pete we won't get pissed. Yeah. We'll be awake all the way up to the top as soon as we got there. Bang in the back all day. <laughs> and <clears throat> part of the reason was I met with Mark Freebase. Yeah. In the venue. Okay. And about an hour before suicide came on, Mark took his microphone and he played for me. He goes, yeah. Well, I go see Mike Muir. And Mike, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. That sounds good. Like I say. So we go backstage. We didn't go far backstage. And there's Mark and Mike. And there's a couple of lights. Yeah. And there. <laughs> a couple of Dysons. Right. And I'm like, you want some? And by this time, I'm like, no, 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 no. That shit's well behind me. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So I didn't participate. And I think you know, that fuels Mike Muir a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no problem with anybody doing it. If you want to, if you want to stick a yay up your nose, fucking go for it. Because, you know, life is, too, life is too short to give a shit. You I mean, know, he's in his 60s. He does not stop as he on stage. No. It's, he is still one of the most energetic. I mean, if you want to see yeah. like a good suicide show, I mean, a good example. Go on to YouTube and type in Suicide Tendencies, this is hardcore. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is hard. What's up, Philly? What's up, Philly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boom, goes straight from the off to the to the come off. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, really is. So, first album for you? Uh, two thousand ten season, two thousand ten season. Okay. First record, and join the army. Yeah, I go with that. And lights camera, I'd have to check in. Lights camera is a great record, mm. but it's not as good as those two. Yeah. Join the army is just a cohesive sort of crossover, just a crushing record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first suicide army is just this is us, right? Yeah. It's a statement of intent. Bang. I mean, you can't beat something. Like I saw your mommy. That's just like a massive fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Nobody else seen it. Like I saw your mother, she was dead. <laughs> Squished in the fucking road. Car running over her head, worms eating her brains. Perfect. <laughs> huh? I got a Mike Muir story, as you remember. Okay. So, I got Mike Muir kicked the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I um, My friend Neil, Cheryl Neil, who used to be in Disco Assassin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, was, he lived in Australia for a while. And he was, ST were playing, uh, I was in Brisbane. And there was, he was at a skate park. That morning, and he goes, Oh, that's stupid motherfucker over there. He must be going to ST. He's dressed exactly like Mark Muir, like you know. And it was Mark Muir, it was like <laughs> socks up to his knees, then shorts to his knees, the bandana over the eyes, yeah. and he's kind of like a little hood up. And uh, he walks around to, to where that guy is, and then he looks, he goes, Fuck me, it is Mark Muir. <laughs> well, the thing is, Mike Muir's been Mike Muir 24 hours 7. So late to skating, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy yeah. or Mike Muir's older brother. Is one of the original Dogtown Skates. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He still runs Dogtown Skates. He yeah. owns the store. He owns the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, professional skateboard yeah. from the time he was like in knee high. Mike Muir has been living in his shadow for so long. He's like, I've got to be the best in what I do to compete with Jim Muir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, Jim Muir is like, you want to see skateboard motherfucker? This is like, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. He's up there with Stacey Peralta. He's one of the OGs, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's, he's up there with Stacey Peralta easily. Yeah. You know? so, if, Mike Muir, if Jim Muir had been around five years later, He'd be better than Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd be, I mean, he is as good as Tony Hawk, mm. but he'd be celebrated the same way that Tony Hawk was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, you don't get the, the kudos as much, does he? No. Yeah. So, we'll just, uh, yeah, two so tens is for you, the original, the first album. First two albums. Yeah, cool. There we go then. Boogies, bruises, trumpets, and losers. Don't touch the fucking vertical, don't touch the fucking horizontal, because that's television. This is the Mass Movement Podcast. Take care, rock hard, rock heavy, rock animal, and may your children be born with hair. Let's move on to Scarboom. Scarboom. Mark Wasserman's new book. Yeah, yeah. So it's been published by The Wolf Publishing. Okay, it's um, about the, the rise and... It's like, it's like the, the rise of American Scar, the history of American Scar. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough to be called back to Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a really, really comprehensive, cohesive book. And best of all, Wasserman's right. Where do you stand on Scar? I like it. Not really, I, 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 can, I can take it, I can, it's alright. Okay. Uh, I, my my scar experiences are probably lame, like you know. So like, you don't have scar corky, Yeah, I mean, I like Boston's. You call them scar. I like yeah. I like the British stuff. I like the specials. Um, so when that was all coming, about where it goes. <laughs> when all that stuff was coming, I was in school. So yeah. Like escape, like two ton movies. Yeah, yeah. Escape the specials and the madness it was there. Yeah. You constantly, so you you're always hearing this. Mm. Um, 
So you don't you do develop a soft spot for, and then it comes becomes like Scar Core. Yeah, yeah. And get bands like Boston's doing it. Yeah. That's the Blue Meanies doing it. Yeah. And um, Asian Man Records. Yeah. Talking about with Skanking Pickle. They Skanking Pickle have released one of the greatest Scar Core records ever, and it's the Green Album. Yeah. Give me anything else than Skanking Pickle. I enjoy the one like uh, you know Operation Ivy and stuff like that. Operation Ivy, the energy yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, and like Rancid started using it, you know, a little bit. Yeah, well, Rancid, because they did basically Operation Ivy Mark Two. Yeah, of course. Yeah. With more punk rock. Yeah. So of course they're going to use it. They're yeah. going to push it as far as they can. But the whole um, mid nineties thing it became or like the whole punk thing it became about scars and. Well, yeah, it's like it's like when um, because after Rancid became Rancid, mm. um, they released his first album on. Uh, after. Yeah. The first time they came over, they played TJ's. First time Rancid came over to Europe, they played TJ's. Right. right? Um, but they appeared as four, as a four piece rather than a three piece, which is what everyone was used to. Because, okay. Um, Lars Fredrickson had joined the band straight from the UK subs. Yes, yeah, yeah. Before the second album. Yeah. And he was touring with them the first time they hit Europe. So I saw him on the Friday in TJ's and the Saturday in Wigan playing with, was it Wigan? Somewhere up north, playing with, I think, MTC. All right, okay. Um, the next night, because I was heading back home. MDC and Rancid. Yeah, but Rancid. You know, MDC and Great, but Rancid just roll all over. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Rancid shows or something. Yeah, I've, I didn't see it. I've never seen Rancid as it goes, but. Um, I mean, I haven't seen them since they played, um, they played a secret special show, a secret a secret show in Bristol, uh, just before and out from the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. On the launch day of that. And um, we went up to see them in Pickens. But their, their live reputation back then is fearsome. Yeah, deserved. Yeah. Absolutely well deserved. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, you know, they were just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, yeah. That first TJ show, right, I shit you not, there were maybe 30 people through the door, 35 people through the door, because right. the arm was just absolutely just fucking flew around to work. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. cared. You know, because nobody knew then, because Operation Ivy was sort of bubbling under in the punk scene. They hadn't reached any sort of mainstream acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, rant. I, mean, I went to see because I'd heard about through reading an interview with Lint in Maximum Rock and Roll. Okay. I'm just putting the band together. Mark, Mark Freeman, this new drummer, drummer Brett, yeah. who's been playing for X amount of time. And it's called Rancid. And then they released like one seven inch on the lookout, which I found in Spillers. Right. And then they put the album on after that. Picked the album up and they were playing TJ's like a month later. Wow. Okay. So I went to see the TJ's and I think it was me and Pickens and Darren went in. Right. Um, went to see him. Amazing, they killed it. There's like 30 people through the door, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's just a great night. That's crazy, man. 30 people watching Rancid. It was like the first time Lagwagon played TJ's. Right? Yeah. Uh, there was, they were supposed to play face to face. Face to face can get in the country. Right. So it was three quid on the door to see face to face and Lagwagon. Yeah. Lagwagon turned up to play the show. They dropped the door price to £2.50 and they played every song they'd ever <laughs> Plus covers. Wow. We saw Rancid do. Breaking the law that night. Really? Right, you just played yeah, just so they could do everything. So they yeah. played the entirety of their first two records. That's awesome. I just spent the rest of the night talking to them afterwards. <laughs> and they dropped the door price to £2.50, and there was literally maybe 30, 40 people through the door for the live wagon show. That's awesome. Bloody hell. Let's get back to the one, Scarboom then. Scarboom. So this comes out July the 9th. July the 9th on DeWolf Publishing. Um, Mark Wasserman is the author. Yep. Um, who just knows his stuff. I mean, he's been playing Scar. Years he's got, a, he's got a podcast. We just talk about Scar constantly. This man lives Scar. He was born to write this book, and it is brilliant. Excellent. Right, so you can pre-order from Dwarf by just hitting 
Dwarf's website and go on there and, yeah. and they will get that out to you. You'll probably get it knowing Steve and those people. Yeah. And Dwarf before it's published. So if you pre-order it, it'll turn up on your door before it's actually published. So stick around till the end. Because uh, we've got an audio clip from Mark. Mark yeah. has been good enough to give us an exclusive clip of the story of the cover of the book. And it's really, really fun and entertaining. So good man. So stick around after we say bye-bye and you can have a listen to that. Yeah. Uh, that is all there is to do now. Say bye-bye, Tim. Yeah. So, shout out. Shadow? Heffler Hell yeah. Because that really is. The ruling. Yeah. Um, Mark Wasserman. Or Mark Wasserman. And Recording Publishers. Yeah. Um, Engineer Records, as always. Big Thousand Books. Naive and Escort. Uh, much missed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <Maybe> Fiesta. <laughs> Alec Push. Yeah. Definitely club. Club. Oh, oh my god. You know why club? Why? Because of uh, Lindsay Drew. Okay, yeah. I actually follow Lindsay Drew on Instagram. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> you know, I've had a crush since, since 14 then. years old. And her son is Tiger Drew Honey. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. And on that note, we'll leave you. <laughs> Hi, so <Sir> Lindsay. <laughs> Until next time. Ta ta. Bye bye. Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Skaboom Stories, which is the audio companion to my new book, Skaboom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History, which is available for pre-sale through DeWolf Publishing. More information on that in a bit. Now that the book is finally finished and going into production, I'm planning to share a behind-the-scenes look at what to expect from the book. In 400-plus pages across 19 chapters, I've attempted to knit together the origin stories of groups of passionate musical pioneers who helped create a uniquely American version of ska and reggae. These bands of like-minded young musicians, influenced by Jamaican reggae and two-tone from the UK, as well as American soul and punk, came together during the early and mid-80s. Spurred on by the devastating socioeconomic impact of Ronald Reagan's Morning in America, which was making life miserable for many people, These musicians, many in their teens and early 20s, combine music, fashion, and political and social commentary into a heady and intoxicating mix of ska. The more musically proficient and adventurous among them recorded demos, EPs, and LPs. And a few, buoyed by the response they received in their hometowns, ventured out to tour the country, further helping to spread the gospel of ska wherever they went. Most of the bands featured in Skaboom existed long before the advent of the internet and smartphones, so there is very little visual or written evidence of the essential role they played in creating an American ska subculture that continues to thrive today. My hope is that this book will finally get these musicians and bands the respect they truly deserve for laying the groundwork for all that would come later. My mission statement with the book, to quote Maya Angelou, is, if you don't know where you've come from, you don't know where you're going. But this episode isn't about what's on the inside of the book. It's about what's on the outside. More specifically, the reason I chose to put a picture of Clyde Grimes, guitarist for Los Angeles mod ska band The Untouchables, on the cover of the book. In my opinion, the picture of Clyde captures the energy and possibility that was such a huge part of the mid-80s ska scene that's documented in the book. Personally, 
I think the picture of Clyde is among one of the most iconic American music photos of all time. But how did it come about? Well, I met the Untouchables through the band X. Um, the Untouchables opened for them at one point, and Billy Zoom, who you know is a an incredible rockabilly punk guitarist, also was an avid uh, uh, scooter guy, and he built a uh, uh, one custom scooter, one that I had the opportunity to take a picture of. Uh, of him uh, on in my studio for Twist Magazine. So uh, if you look at the uh, Live and Let Dance album on the back, they thank many people, and one of them is Justin X for the band X. So even though it was mod, you know, punk, you know, which was supposed to be different, uh, these guys were great comrades. They got along really well x was further along so um they they helped the untouchables that's frank gargani a noted la rock music photographer who took many photos of the band x he took the photo of clyde which ended up becoming a potent symbol of american scott and more the band's manager dave lumian could not get the untouchables a record deal despite all the sold out shows they were playing across california in the early 80s Lumian decided to borrow a small amount of money and started Twist Records, named after the L.A. ska mod scene magazine he had launched shortly before the Live and Let Dance EP was recorded in 1983. Lumian contacted Gargani and asked him to take photos for the EP art that would capture their live energy. This was kind of later in 1983. Uh, At that point, I had shot many good shots of the Untouchables in my studio and on location. I've also shot many live shows, and uh, uh, so I, you know, I, I knew the band really well. Uh, as I, I don't know if I was their primary photographer or what, but I should sure shot them a lot, and shot them for Twist, uh, cover of Twist, and the cover of Bam, and just did a lot of things with them. So um, Fly to me was kind of like a. Uh, you know, he was comparable, if you wanted to throw names out, to a Sam Cooke in style. Uh, the way he dressed and all was impeccable. He was extremely beautiful. Um, he had a personality um, that was confident, but yet he expressed humility to me and respect for me as a photographer, um, as well as the other members of the band. They, they were, you know, all really great guys and very positive in what they were doing, um, didn't have the, uh, a lot of the negative uh, overtones that uh, kind of hung, hung out in the punk scene. Um, you know, you know naming, naming this album Live and Let Dance uh, it, it was very positive. So, uh, you know, anyone that attended a UT show would experience, you know, the extreme energy and the harmony of them turning out a show that was more or less a blessing of balanced recklessness where, you know, the energy was so high at any point, 
you know, Clyde, Clyde or Kevin or Chuck would go airborne. The jumps were like a dream for me as a photographer, and, uh, you know, I got to experience that and, and photograph that and capture whatever I could. But it was really impossible to capture all the energy in one shot, you know, just to get them all looking at the camera at the same time with one up in the air and another one dancing or whatever was was really a blessing. It was really, you know, blessings came to me as a photographer, and I, I very much appreciated that. The Live and Let Dance EP was a hit, selling 40,000 copies. And the photo of Clyde had a seismic effect on the band's image. Gargani shared what it was like to photograph Clyde, who he called a perfect subject, and shared that the image that we all know and love was the third of 36 frames he took of Clyde during the shoot. Rather than shooting them as a group, um, the concept was to shoot them all individually, uh, to put them on a cove and let them each do their thing, uh, almost as if um, they were doing selfies. That, I mean, using that term is now an everyday term here, but, you know, a photographer who allows a subject to present their soul uh, has to acknowledge that it's about it's about their subject and not about them. So um, basically, I had uh, one role for each band member, seven of them, and uh, 36 frames each. And you know, they all got up and did their thing. You know, whether it was jumping or playing, uh, you know, an instrument or, or dancing or whatever. Um, Clyde and this image was the third frame of 36. I mean, he was so incredible, so, so incredible in front of the camera. He had it nailed. Every single detail, every single fraction of his image is like perfection to me. Uh, And it was in three frames. Now, naturally, you don't stop after three frames. You keep shooting, but... uh, but he knew what he was doing. He really, really had it nailed. So to me, that takes a lot in the way of study, research, learning about music, learning about style, learning about lifestyle. Um, and it, you know, it was kind of all there in Clyde. You know, everything was there. Uh, so um, in the end, they each got to do what they wanted to do. And uh, Rick Newsom designed a cover and back, and the images of the seven of them are used both on the front and the back of, of uh, uh, Live and, and Let Dance. Um, so um, as a photographer, uh, the untouchables were basically a dream for me. And this picture of, of Clyde truly is a gift from the gods. That, that's really basically all I can say about it. And uh, um, I'm very fortunate that uh, I did capture this image. The band's self-financed video for Free Yourself, which featured images from the Gargani photo session, won Billboard's indie music video of 1984. That video ultimately led to the band being signed by Stiff Records in the UK, where Free Yourself climbed to number 26 on the UK charts. And the band later ended up working with Jerry Dammers of the Specials, on their version of I Spy for the FBI.
for Chuck Wren of Chicago-based Jump Up Records, one of the premier American ska labels, the picture of Clyde was just as essential as the music he would later dedicate himself to. Chuck told me, the picture of Clyde immediately makes me remember one of my very first introductions to ska. My best friend's older sister had the picture of Clyde on the back of her jean jacket. I heard the UTs blasting out of her room. It was so cool. Many of the people I interviewed for the book name-checked Clyde and looked up to him. The Untouchables were notable for being approachable, and their band name was a nod to the idea that they were just like their fans who packed clubs to see them. Greg Lee, vocalist of Hepcap, who reminisced to me about meeting Clyde for the first time while hanging out with mods on Melrose Avenue, told me, Clyde Grimes was one of us. For Mark Michelle of Fresno's Let's Go Bowling, who were one of the earliest traditional American ska bands, meeting Clyde and the rest of the Untouchables for the first time in 1984 was life-changing. They were fans of the band before they had started their own band. Tropical Bird and the General is just like two of my favorite songs of all time. And, you know, we were like, got there super early, sitting out on the curb in front of the club late afternoon. You know, van rolls up, doors fly out, and uh, stinking Clyde Grimes falls out. Hey, man, what's that? You know, it's like, wow, dude, it's Clyde Grimes. I got a piss, man. Where's the clothes? You know, and then pointing him in his way. But it was just like, and they were all super cool. So it's like, you know, people you kind of, that are your heroes like that, actually getting to meet them, and then you find out, hey, they're just normal guys just like you. You know, it was such, it was awesome and so, so surreal that, here, here we are, you know, I we had been to Untouchable shows before of them playing in Fresno, but not playing as a band. To actually be playing with them is just, you know, that's kind of good lord. And while the picture of Clyde has always been a potent symbol for all fans of American ska, it spoke deeply to many young men and women of color who rarely saw musicians who looked like them in popular culture or on MTV in the early 80s. So uh, Clyde Grimes on the cover of the Ska Boom in American Ska and Reggae Oral History is the perfect choice in my opinion. Uh, the shot is so iconic. The pose is eye-catching. Him being black, uh, of course, to me, it was so relatable. Uh, I used to buy a lot of records that were on Stiff, on the Stiff record label, like Elvis Costello, Reckless Eric, Bad Manners, Ian Dury, and the Equators. But when I saw Clyde's picture on that release, it was super relatable. I mean, here's a guy... It looked like he could be my brother. And then when I heard the music and I saw it was inspired by music from my neighborhood, I was sold. Uh, it's also pretty amazing, actually pretty hard to get that iconic picture of a musician. Uh, a couple that come to mind are like Johnny Cash flipping off the camera, Paul Simonon smashing his bass on the London Calling album, uh, Billie Holiday singing on that Big Sure microphone, Chuck Berry doing his duck walk. So. The picture of Clyde kicking up his leg with that guitar is just so relatable to what I think the ska scene and the soul, the rebirth of the soul scene was about in America at that time in the mid-80s. That's John Bunkley, the lead singer of Gangster Fun, who helped to create a ska scene in Detroit and later across the Midwest, and her name checked by both Mustard Plug and the Suicide Machines as a huge influence. The photo of Clyde is also an important reminder 
that some of the original American ska bands and ska scenes of the 80s, symbolized by the photo of Clyde, were created and supported by multiracial groups of young musicians and fans who embraced the look, sound, and ideals of two-tone, and in doing so helped to give birth to an American version of ska that would emerge in the mid and late 90s. The multiracial aspect was key to a young fan like my bigger Thomas bandmate, Roger Apollon Jr. So the Clyde Grimes picture to me, well, the Untouchables were uh, a West Coast band. So a lot of my early ska was UK based and then it was New York based. So I didn't see the picture until later on, but seeing that picture of, you know, I mean, seeing that picture of a, a, a guy who, you know, in my mind looks like me, playing a guitar and the pose, it just, I don't know, I just felt like I was up there, you know, it was a, re- it was a representation of, of me and that although two-tone has always been about black and white um, in America at the time, uh, you know, just seeing a, a black person featured uh, in a picture uh, about something positive at that time in the 80s, um, was uh it meant a lot so yes um i did i i felt recognized and i just felt like if anybody had any issues about me feeling part of this music scene as a black person that picture would uh would tell them you know shut up and i i'm i'm part of this music too so clyde really was an accessible ambassador for american ska around the world he had style for miles and could easily shred on the guitar Fishbone's bassist Norwood Fisher told me, there's a little bit of Clyde Grimes in all of us in Fishbone. Nearly 40 years after taking the photo of Clyde, Gargani still acknowledges its iconic status. Tell you for a fact, I saw that image and I knew that it was the one and that it was an incredible image. I had no idea where it would go um, other than on the album, but uh, uh, I believe it's been a lot of places I'm not even aware of. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Skaboom Stories. The book is now available for presale through DeWolf Publishing at DeWolf.com. The first 500 presale orders will receive a free 80-minute CD mix called Ska American Style, courtesy of DJ Chuck Wren and Jump Up Records, which digs deep into the obscure world of privately pressed records, proving that American ska roots were firmly planted during the 80s alternative music underground. If you've listened and received some value from this episode, then please help support the podcast for as little as $3 per month on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash podcast for more information. Thanks and take care. Movement presents. Movement presents.